0: listening to the exxon broadcast network www.xzbn.net radio's authority on the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology celebrating 25 years of broadcasting broadcasting around the world and to the great beyond
3: Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're coming to you through the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring all of my relations. It's one of my fondest memories, though at the time I was not overly thrilled. I was on solo backpacking trip in my favorite area, the Lagarita Wilderness in Colorado. It was five days into the trip without seeing another human being. One of the many things I love about the Lagarita, outside of its amazing beauty, is its remoteness. I'd just crossed over the pass between Baldy Chateau and Stuart Peak. Still above treeline, it was over 12,000 feet elevation. Fighting for oxygen, I was totally absorbed in putting one foot in front of the other and feeling every ounce of the 60-pound pack. With great relief, I observed the tree line was not too far away, promising some welcome shade from the relentless sun. Then I saw the bear. I almost missed him. Although he was large, he was also black and nearly invisible in the shade of the trees. Discretion being the greater part of valor, I course-corrected to enter the forest at another spot. To my dismay, the bear followed, never letting me out of his beady-eyed sight. I was sure he could smell the food in my pack, "'and could only hope he was well-fed. "'The next hour was spent with my trying to get into the forest "'somewhere where he was not, and him following. "'What do you want?' I finally shouted at him in total frustration. "'Suddenly, as if to answer my question, "'I felt his unabashed curiosity wash over me. "'I detected no malice, just wonderment. "'Okay, fine,' I finally relented. "'I was exhausted, hot, thirsty, and totally tired of being terrified. "'Let's be friends.' You just do your thing and I'll do mine. I conceded, entering the forest as far from him as possible. For the next several days, my new friend shadowed me. But though he was never far away, he kept a polite distance and never threatened or approached. One evening, I caught him watching me hanging the food in the tree. Bears climb trees, I almost heard him say. Yet he never did. It was my food, and he was my friend. In the time since that trip, I've made a point to befriend every animal I encountered. Many people as well. After all, they are all my relations. I found the secret is to understand those around you, totally accept them for what they are, but not put them in a position to hurt you or let you down. Offering others friendship instead of suspicion and fear has changed everything. About a month ago, while walking my dog, I heard the distinctive sound of a rattlesnake. I levitated just as he struck. I've been about to step right on him. Whether by accident or on purpose, he missed. Thanks for warning me and for sparing me, my friend. I'm sorry to have violated your space. I apologized. As unsettling as it was, I'm not afraid to go walking again. The snake is my friend and will always warn me before striking. However, I do make sure to see what's around me as he will strike should I threaten to stomp on him again. He's my friend. I understand his nature. That's what friends do. The most transformative moment was the day I decided to befriend myself. Always overcritical of my own personal traits, tendencies, and actions, I tried to be the best I can be, but I felt I failed miserably. One morning I got out of bed with a normal litany going through my head. I forgot to return my daughter's call yesterday. What kind of a mother does that? I was too hard on the bookkeeper when she screwed up the books again. I could have done a much better job teaching the class the day before. I haven't done my clients justice and so on. Stepping in front of the mirror to brush my hair, I saw the saddest face looking back at me. The strangest thought went through my head. Who wouldn't be sad if they woke up to such criticism every morning of their life? It's the first and only time I recall feeling sorry for myself. I decided right then and there to be my own best friend, to understand and accept myself exactly the way I am. It has changed everything. Our guest this hour is Carol Olivia Adams, the author of Awakening Friendship. She's an inspirational writer and intuitive counselor, and she's coached numerous clients through experience of fear, insecurity, and hope. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Carol, and we'll explore the meaning of friendship and how it can transform our lives. So don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net.
0: Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Linnea Starr began to demonstrate a metaphysical connection to the spirit world as a little girl. Her family noticed the connection, but it was a great-grandmother who told the family that Linnea was indeed gifted. The great-grandmother, who was also gifted, felt that Linnea had indeed inherited these attributes. It has been noticed that oftentimes, such things are passed down through the generations. Linnea was also born with a call, a thin white membrane across a newborn's face. Legend has it that if the baby is born with this call, the child will have second sight, or what we call psychic abilities. Linnaeus Star does past, present, and future and has the gift of prophecy. It is written within scriptures that if you are able to give factual information and prophecies indeed come true, the gift indeed comes from the divine realm. Linnaeus Starr does large interactive groups as well as private gatherings. For more information on Linnea Star or to contact Linnea for a one-on-one consultation, visit her website at www.linneastar.com. That's www.linneastar.com. rcom
3: back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Carol Olivia Adams, the author of numerous books, including The Awakening of Friendship. Her website, www.theawakeningoffriendship.com Carol, thank you so much for joining us on The Science of Magic.
4: Thank you, And I thought that your story was very, very beautiful, how it uh really related to all of uh, mankind and certainly of the animals and just the universe in general. I thought it was a beautiful story. Thank you.
3: Well, thank you so much, Carol. Um, speaking of friendship, would you mind giving us a brief definition of, of friendship as you're referring to it?
4: Well, I'm looking at the human principles uh, of, um, of mankind, what we were really created with. Uh, elements, uh, I'd call them, of grace, actually, um, such as wisdom of patience, presence of listening, compassion and a security and a peace, courage, power of faith, gift of generosity, gratitude and essence of love, all principles that, um, if, you know, if we just delved into a little bit more, especially in this day and age, especially in this day and age, remembering who we are as a human being. uh, These principles, to me, um, really all of them integrated into uh, more of a self-identity, of uh, again, of mankind.
5: Mm,
3: Beautifully stated. What do you see as magical about friendship, Carol?
4: Uh, Magical to me, uh, and that's a very beautiful concept, of course, and I know that's concept of your show. Magical is something that, uh, in friendship, that can uh, create a higher vibration. Uh, A vibration, to me, of um, the essence of love and uh, compassion. I think uh, the magic, uh, if we all uh, um, resonated more and more to compassion and the essence of love, uh, then it can become more and more magical because we're not uh, delving into our mundane, um, episodes, experiences, uh, of life. We're, we're going on a much higher vibration, the, God, the vibration of God, um, so that we're, um, the magic is that we're recognizing more and more all, everybody and the struggles that everybody, uh, goes through, whether it's, finances, emotional, spiritual, physical, whatever it is, it's elevating our spirits.
3: Mm. So it's, it's interesting, you know, all of us speak of love. Not everyone speaks of magic or the esoteric, but all of us speak of love. And yet, I don't think it can be seen. We can see the effects of it, but it can't be seen. It can't be touched. So is that what you're, how you're referring to love and, and compassion as being magical?
4: yes i'm referring to love um certainly on a, a partnership basis but uh, uh as well as even elevating even it more so into humanitarian love the collective consciousness of mankind the comp- the compassion of all of us and that's and then as far as seeing it visualizing it we would see it more. We would uh, maybe think less of destructive energy and seeing more of constructive energy. What we can all do for each other to elevate ourselves more in God's world, not in so much the physical world, but also remembering uh, that we are in God's world and to follow the principles of, uh, of the Creator.
3: Oh, beautiful. You know, on a more mundane level, many people have problems making or keeping friends. What advice do you have for them?
4: Well, um, I think uh, as far as maintaining a friendship, understanding that person as a human being is very important. And that takes a lot of patience. And that certainly is the first chapter of my book, Wisdom of Patience. I think it's very, very important to understand where that person, you know, is really coming from, that we all have a history. Um, Also, a friend can come in and out of our lives at different times of our lives. As we evolve, maybe the friend that we have in this month may not fit into our framework uh, in one year from now, and that's fine. But as far as, so as far as maintaining a friend that fits into our concept of friendship, the human qualities, it certainly is the understanding of that person, allowing patience. I think um, a one important, I think very important essence of it is listening. Uh, because if we don't listen to somebody at this day and age, and this is becoming a very big challenge now, listening to the heart of another human being as opposed to uh, texting each other.
5: You know, this is a
4: very big challenge, you it know, is, listening you know, again, you know?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, I was, that was, brings me to the next question. You know, from televisions to cell phones, it seems like everybody has electronics between themselves and everyone else. And, and how do you feel this is affecting our ability to engage in deep and meaningful friendships?
4: I think it's taking away from it. Uh, that's why I think this book is more important than any other book that comes out along those, along that trail because the technology is wonderful, of course, for information, but again, going back to the human heart, the human being that we are with inside of ourselves, you know, the beating, the rhythm of who we are, that has no connection to a text. So um, if and and i unfortunately i'm sure some of the listeners have seen this you know people go out to dinner and one people one person is on their cell phone and the other is on their cell phone and somehow they they eat together i have no clue how
5: but <laughs>
4: um you know it's but it's becoming more and more uh prevalent and and um you know, again, it's the information aspect is wonderful in what it can do, but it certainly is not taking or enhancing uh, the, our heartbeat, you know, our connection or certainly compassion because people and with cell phones, if you you know, you can visualize this, Quilda, uh, uh, and, and, and listeners, we self-absorbed. It's a very self-absorbed process. There is, no into, there is no communication with that other person. It's totally self-absorbed. So enhancing that or going with that concept, then when we're seeing or we're trying, or engaging with a friend, that self-absorption might be part of their self-identity, their personality profile. They might have a harder time engaging to the other person certainly understanding the other person, giving them time, listening to that other person, compassion, even being grateful that that other person exists.
3: What do you think is the most misunderstood thing about friendship?
4: I'm sorry, uh,
3: misunderstood? uh, Misunderstood. Uh
4: Uh-huh. Well, one thing I think, it's a great question, (laughs) (laughs) is... um, I think sometimes initially a word itself can be played out, you know, like awesome, you know. I have no clue what that means anymore. That is what it is. I have no idea. Uh, and friendship, I don't think, has really been delved enough into its truest concept. So I think uh, misunderstood, meaning that it's maybe has been taken more lightly than ever. You know, oh, he's my friend or she's my friend, but without really delving into, well, what are what are the contributing factors in it? Um, you know, what what how are they really engaging with the word? Where is their heart? It all to me goes back to the heart. Um, you know, where is their heart with the word? Is it simply words? You know, or is it uh, much more of a deeper again, going back to the, the word understanding of that person as a real human being, and, and really respecting, and I really mean that strongly, respecting their history. Because sometimes things are misunderstood when we don't respect a person's history. Where are they coming from? Uh, everybody has a history, and everybody has some some toxic energy in them, and I don't necessarily mean that's bad, but some energy that hasn't been uplifted, you know, an energy that hasn't been resolved or solved or healed. So it, it's simply going back to that concept of uh, understanding and respecting, really respecting that person wherever they're coming from into your world.
3: So what we've done with friendship is the words become tossed around and lost it became a happy meal instead of a full-blown banquet is that kind of what you're saying we aren't putting the time into uh the other person that friendship would require
4: Yes it's it's missed the different um the different meals so to speak you know the entree the dessert the soup the salad um in that banquet you know of of um of the light, so to speak. Yes, I would agree with that uh, quote, yes. (laughs)
3: Yeah, you know, because we do. We say, oh, this is my friend, that's my friend. But we haven't taken the time to know them or ourselves. There's no no room for friendship in that. It's just a word at that point.
4: Yes, I think uh, going along with what you just said, uh, sometimes people will use the word and use other words for sense of security oh, she's my friend, she's my friend, I me mean, um, she's my friend, he's my friend, maybe um, relating to their own self-identity, you know, in a subconscious way, maybe it's creating more their family, their family, you know, family of souls, family of friends, and maybe it gives them a, more of a sense of security. Uh, this country is a quantity basis, you know, uh, not necessarily a quality basis. So sometimes people, you've heard, the, might have heard the expression, "You and listeners, the more the friends, the better." It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's um, sometimes you go to a dinner, and you have about twenty people sitting around you, but you never really talk to anybody and listen to them. Uh, it was more the quantity rather than the quality. So, um, yes, I certainly agree with your your concept builder.
3: So we're just about out of time on this segment, but I'd like you to speak real quickly to, isn't that why we feel kind of empty inside? We've surrounded ourselves with people, but we've never made the deep deep connection of friendship.
4: Yes, we've surrounded, yes, thank you, and that's beautiful. We've surrounded us with people and never really understood maybe the real concept of friendship and maybe how to work at it.
3: That's the key, isn't it, is work at it. And isn't knowing yourself the first step in knowing other.
4: Yes, Uh, knowing yourself and knowing others. But I think, again, people come into our journeys, into our soul journey, if I may use that expression, at a certain time in our lives where we also learn from them. They're giving us also lessons how we can grow our inner self and maybe how we can help them And maybe once that lesson is learned, maybe that friend will move on. Maybe that at the same time was simply a messenger.
3: Got got it. We're going to have to take a quick break. Carol and I will return to our discussion after this short short break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Previous broadcasts of thought-provoking episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. We will be back, so don't you go away.
5: Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best selling book, Secret to Everything at No Cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X Zone. That's right, transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X Zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free.
3: Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Carol Olivia Adams. Carol, let's move this into the professional arena for a little bit. I understand that you are an intuitive counselor and coach, um, and you work with clients all the time. So um, how do you use friendship in your practice?
5: Um,
4: Well, it's developed... And it's it's on the phone, so sometimes I think when it's on the phone, uh, there's no distractions, and you can get more. Again, much I listen to voices very clearly, and I, I really speak to their um to their soul, and so um, uh, it's how do we develop it? Uh, is certainly I'm offering a lot of the qualities that I speak of in the book, not on purpose, but it just came out. You know, such as patience. You have to be very patient with somebody uh, on the phone. Um, uh, uh, the most interesting—I really want one of the most interesting clients that I've had were men that were in war,
5: mm-hmm. because I um,
4: I really learned a lot from them. And uh, and and going back to the first awakening, and going back to the concept of, of friendship. They had to learn a lot about being friends with their comrades. You know, they learned how to protect one another, compassion, you know, courage, listening. They had to listen, you know, in a security, in a peace, gratefulness. Uh, I learned uh, the men in in service were really taught me a lot because they uh, had to deal with the real gut of life, um, and, and many would want to come back. As you probably have heard, to war, they come home and they go back simply because, unfortunately, a lot of times they come home and their people in their home don't understand them anymore. So right. uh, they go back to their friends, their friends uh, in the in war where they're risking their lives. So these servicemen taught me a lot about their a lot of these concepts. Uh, from A to Z actually do you do so,
3: do you, um, bef- do you yeah. befriend do you befriend your clients
4: well i I don't initially you know that's not but actually it ha- develops into that yes
3: you know when when I was studying psychology one of their mm-hmm. big things was you're taught not to befriend your clients mm-hmm. and that a therapist should keep professional detachment would you speak to this
4: mm-hmm that was also my background. <laughs> um, I think, and I can also relate to that um, as far as doctor patient, which is in my book, uh, one of the chapters, um, you know, the, where the doctors aren't supposed to be, be, you know, create any friendship with their client, you know, with their patients, where they're supposed to really, you know, have the session and then walk, you know, the other way. Um That's why I think Dr. Bernie Siegel's book is is monumental, Love Medicine and and a Miracle. He's been on my show several times. My show's called Health is Wealth. And he didn't believe that you should walk away. He treated his patient as a human being, as a a potential friend. So it's developed over the years with my clients, uh, you know, that they have become friends with me. They want to see me. They visit me. Um, and what's contributed to that, uh, again, I didn't do anything on purpose, is that I'm treating them a certain way. I'm re- certainly respecting who they are. I don't care what their history is. Um, we all have, um, we're all innocent victims in a way, like, you know, children, innocent children. Um, and, and, and it's developed in that, that because I think I'm um, offering uh, maybe a real, uh, a real, insight into who they are and speaking to their soul, which I think is very important in any type of uh, spiritual therapy, Would would call that, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and that you can also relate to a doctor-patient spiritual therapy, mm-hmm. which Bernie Siegel talks about in all of his books. His last show he, uh, he was on, we talked about 365 prescriptions for the soul. Right. Um, I think it's very important.
3: Yeah, and but you know what's interesting is c- can't befriending one's clients look like charging for friendship?
4: Uh, that's cute. Charging for friendship. In what way, Guilda?
3: Well, if you've got clients and they're paying you to be their client, you know, to, to counsel them, then yes. there are. can that be misconstrued as you're charging them to be their friend?
4: Ah, I've never had that really, you know. It's never really um, approached me like that.
3: It's, a, it's an inter- interesting concept, isn't it? And that's one yeah. of the one of the places where the lines can kind of blur. Is the person might start to wonder, well, are they really my friend, or are they just my friend so that I'll keep coming to them?
4: Well, I think what could occur is, for instance, I had a client yesterday, and um, there was a discrepancy with the, the the money. You know, I'm very fair with my clients with money. Pathetic, actually. <laughs> But, um, you know, she didn't realize it a certain amount. She, she overlooked a payment. So when I approached that, I could see all of a sudden it created, uh, you know, and she considers her my fr- a friend. All of a sudden now there's creating a, a business approach, you know. Right. So you have to kind of cross the fine line with maintaining still uh, or on still the understanding of the friendship and not letting that interrupt with the with the business aspect.
3: Yeah, it, it's a delicate dance, isn't it? You know, yes. how can you be sure that by befriending your clients, you're acting in their best interest rather than fulfilling your own needs?
4: Because I'm not doing it on purpose. Uh, They're always seeking me, you know. I have one client uh, who was in war and, uh Vietnam, and he would call me on the phone, and he said, even if I wasn't really even if i wasn't giving him a session i mean i was giving him a session but prior to starting the session even though he was talking to me he wanted me to charge him so um i'm not doing it i'm not doing it on purpose okay. so um they i think what happens is they see through me and they see through my through my honesty right. and i think that's how it happens
1: right
3: so do you find there's a risk of an unhealthy dependency that can result from becoming too close to your clients?
4: Well, um, that's a great psychological question. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I don't see the dependency developing because it's not as frequent, you know? I think a dependency can develop between uh, anybody in life. Client, oh client, patient, you know, if it's uh, a consistency, and when that person you feel quote really, really needs to speak to you and only you and only, you know, um, that can become a dependency. I had one client that relied very, very heavily on a uh, a famous guru, and she would uh, help him a lot in India, and in I think Bombay and, and she became very, very dependent on him for advice. But when he wasn't around, when she had a situation that was very, very uh, discomforting to her, when he wasn't around, she realized that she might, she which was interesting, she had to withdraw from being so, if we want to call it, dependent on him and realize more and more her own self-empowerment.
3: Got it. So, you know, you speak of offering many th- fine things to a friend, patience, compassion, and listening, just to name a few. How important do you think it is to be able to receive these from our friends as well, and why?
4: I think it is um, in uh, friendship, whether it's through or whatever, whatever scheme we're talking about. Um, I think it is important. I, I you might not necessarily initially expect it, but I think everything in life goes back to one of the ingredients of nature, and I always go back to nature because nature to me is the wisdom of life.
5: Very well
4: <laughs> You know, balance, right? Yep. Well, the, mm-hmm. um, we always try to remember, ba- we don't try to remember, but we are ingrained with it. We can't help it because we're part of the human existence and part of nature, so, when we feel that the nature or the uh, balance isn't coming back to us, but when we've over you know we've listened and listened and they're not listening to us, I think a lesson for us and it's a good lesson is certainly to back off uh, and maybe disengage with that friendship because we've learned from it and which is great, and then we simply move on open up a door, a door will open, whatever you want to call it, a window, who the heck knows, you know, and somebody else will enter in into our journey, which fits in more to the balance, you know, of friendship.
5: Mm,
3: beautifully put. So um, do you see that sometimes we might be carrying wounding that makes us unavailable to receive, and therefore somebody might be trying to put their, their half up, but we're not picking it up?
4: well yes I think um and I think you said wounded right uh, mm-hmm. that is a very very uh a powerful concept because some people have been wounded much more than others and haven't healed um and i' and i've seen this <laughs> you know some and some people have gone to therapists for years, but i haven't seen any changes
5: mm-hmm. and
4: that's why I really believe in. Spiritual therapy as well. Um, But I think is wounded, is certainly to understand the depth of that wound, you know, where it emanated from, and then uh, show as much compassion as possible. Great movie was Dead Man Walking with Sarandon. Mm -hmm. Uh, She acted as a a nurse, uh, not as a nun, with, um, I forgot his name, but very well known he was in prison she was continuously continuously showing him her love her loving energy until he actually turned around and told and told her he loved her so i have another client uh her husband was very abused a lawyer and uh he didn't want to hear the word but now he through her loving loving energy turned around and tells her all the time he loves her Mm-hmm. So these things all, might not always happen with wounded people, but I do think it's part of each person's journey to expand with love so that every person that walks into our life, that we also expand in our hearts like a balloon with love because each of us have our own issues. I don't even, and, and issues to me is not necessarily negative. It's just things we haven't cleared up. And I'm not convinced we can ever clear up everything. I don't think we can. There's always going to be something dangling.
3: It'd take but, a while, wouldn't it?
4: Right? You know what I'm saying? How long are yeah. we supposed to be here? But, <laughs> um, you know, as long as we address it or, and keep on expanding with love, we're healing ourselves and we're, we're trying to help the other person.
3: So rather than try to dig in and find all the problems, we're flooding the situation with the energy of love and hoping to see change that way. Really nice concept. Carol and I will be back on the flip side of this commercial break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and mad, the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. You can always listen to thought transformative broadcast on our website www.thescienceofmagic.net we'll be back so don't go away
0: If you enjoy reading a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love From Out of the Woodwork by William S. Peckham. Sean Kennedy, a Toronto contractor, buys derelict houses, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, a century house in ruins, and starts the renovation, the house fights back. He is visited by ghosts of owners past. His visions are triggered by touching an oak mantle, reading a faded letter, opening an old locket, or opening a brand new casket in the basement. These visions will take you on a trip across southern Ontario from Niagara Falls to Toronto to Kingston. From Out of the Woodwork is now available in paperback and on your favorite electronic reader. To order your copy of From Out of the Woodwork, go to www.williamspeckham.com. That's www.williamspeckham.com.
3: welcome back this is the science of magic bringing together gifted people of service to the world i'm your host Gwilda Wiecka. our guest this hour is carol olivia adams author of the awakening of friendship carol there's many kinds of friendship as far as i've seen would you discuss that you know all friendships aren't created equal and they have different purposes would you mind speaking to that
4: yes um there are many types of friendships um One is, of course, a a romantic friendship. You know, my partner, quote, is my best friend. You can have, of course, um, a very good friend only interacting in business uh, that you trust. Trust is another big issue with friendship. You trust that person in business. Uh, You have your own show world. I'm sure you trust the people on the radio station. You have a friendship. Um, a business friendship. Um, you can have a spiritual friendship, people that uh, you connect with uh, know a certain understanding of how... It's almost like a certain language, you know, a language that you both understand. Um, you can have um, many types, many, many types of friendship. It's really... it's. Um, you know, and whatever resonates to where you are in your life at this moment. I always look at the pie, the pizza pie. There's different sections in the pie. You know, one is emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, sexual, whatever you want. There's many, many sections in that pie. And at this time of our life, maybe the emotional friendship is more important than than the spiritual friendship. You know, it's where that soul is evolving at the moment
3: so we kind of tend to be drawn to the friends that are at the same frequency we are so that we can support each other on our path?
4: I would say so, yes, yes. I think it's, it's drawn to us if uh, by a higher source, because if you notice sometimes we don't know how somebody enters into our journey, and um, at and and that time they're a messenger for us, so I would agree with that. Yes, Girl.
3: Do you think that uh, friendships can replace family?
4: Yes, definitely yes. Um, the book, actually, its subtitle is uh, Spiritual Journey, Embracing a Family of Friends. I think there's a... Um, I've been studying this, too. You know, children are born into... We're all born into a gen- genetic blood-tie family. But I continuously see this, that a lot of us are not nurtured by our one parent or two parents, not the way that we would have liked it to be. And that is nothing unusual. Uh, sometimes we simply pick that soul picks that blood tie because maybe there's other people around that genetic family or or friends that walk into that realm of our situation. So I think it's more, yes, it's a replacement, but simply more, to me, it's simply another source of a family because we choose our friends and to me it sometimes can be even called a higher calling because we're choosing them our family members we didn't choose we're sitting opposite uh auntie uh, susie over there in thanksgiving and we're hoping she chokes on the drumstick (laughs) you know We've had those experience. We drive five hours to get to I don't know where, just to be one day for Thanksgiving, you know. And we can't stand the food, you know. So um, uh, again, a friendship is to me a family, and and that family can, as I was saying, change from time to time as we evolve, change time to time, and that's part of life. One constant thing of life is change.
5: Yeah, that's the truth. It, yeah,
4: you know, we're not always supposed to be in this same tradition of things things move on everything in life moves on the water even though it looks still there's always going to be a ripple so everything is changed and i think uh friendships can be uh another source of family of of family members
3: yes so uh, do you have any advice on how we can make friends out of our family members I mean, they aren't just here happenstance. They're, you know, some people say we do actually do choose the family we're born into.
4: Mm-hmm. I think to be open to it, and that can be sometimes an issue. A lot of times I've noticed people in uh, blood-tie families, uh, that's their sense of security. And I really don't want to extend them, there, again, going back to their hearts. Their hearts to other people because they feel secure, see, secure good or bad <laughs> you know in that family structure that they think they can lean on, but that family structure might not always be the best, best, best person they can quote lean or or de- become as you had commented before be de- uh, with the concept be dependent on. Um, so sometimes it creates this dependency, which is unwarranted. So it's a matter of being open to other sources of just people, human beings, you know. And the more we are open to other people, we're more. Uh, I think we're opening more to a truer, truer truth, <laughs> truer friend, a framework of 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 a family
3: Got
5: that it.
4: connects to who we are.
3: At this time, because we do change. And families tend to try to secure us where we are so that the structure stays in place. Have you found that?
4: Yes, they mm-hmm. they, and they tend to. Uh, well, in my case, I guess that's why I'm so sensitive to this. My farin- parents died when I was young. So I was forced to create my own family of friends. Mm-hmm. And that's probably mm-hmm. why I wrote one of the reasons. <laughs> but um, yes, they, a tendency to get stuck. And um, because, again, security. Security.
3: Right.
5: Right.
4: There's false security out there. The security really relies on that soul, that person, the person's heart. Even if you're in a partnership, the security is not necessarily that partner, yeah. you know, but it's within yourself. Yeah, it and has if, to the be. more you get into yourself, the more courageous you'll be.
3: <laughs> Let's talk about a little bit about friendship and agenda. What do you think are the hidden agendas that can pr- prove to be pitfalls? In developing healthy friendships,
4: such as what would you say with that, uh, with what Well,
3: just let's say if if uh, let's say I decided I wanted to make a family out of my friends, and that's okay if they're in agreement with that. But what if that's not the kind of friendship they want? I come into the friendship with an agenda. I want a family, and that may not be their agenda. So how how do we work around that sort of thing?
4: You go to to other people in other words they have to fit into your loving energy to your source right your soul your your source so if the pit, the pitfall would be if they're not and obviously in agreement or if they're not giving you the compassion the patience the listening concepts that I speak of in the book the awakening of friendship then that could certainly be a pitfall because i think sometimes the the initiation of that sounds wonderful as you had mentioned You know, we would like it, but it doesn't always mean that it's going to um, become, you know? Uh, So uh, being in tune, I think, is very important. And if it doesn't fit in, that's fine. There's other people.
3: How can we assume that we're being the friend another person needs rather than the friend that we'd like to have?
4: Well, um I think compassion would be a very big, big, very, very big factor because I think compassion uh, does show a lot as far as who that person is because compassion uh, takes time out to listen to somebody, you know. It's it's not a weak nutrient, spiritual nutrient, so to speak. You know, it takes time out. I think compassion and listening... Um, are very, very big factors in deciphering whether that human being might be um, balanced with our energy force of creating a friendship.
3: Okay, so in other words, you're kind of, um, um, what do I want to say, um, giving them the test up front yeah. be compassionate, but you see if things are aligning with, with what you need and what they need?
4: Yes, I mean, you're not kind of doing it on purpose. You're extending your heart, you know, in conversation. And in conversation, as you you learn more, as you speak more to another human being, another person that you call at that moment a friend, you know, if they're not engaging with you and showing you something, you know, that feels um, might fit into your heart, everybody has different elements of compassion or vibrations from one to ten. Some people feel deeper than others. Some people are more cerebral than others. So we're talking on that, on that heart level because compassion is more heart. If that person's heart doesn't have that intensity, uh, the level of, it, of of vibration that you would need, I think you need to really back off a little.
3: What what's, what's the wisdom, and we're about to run out of time, but what's the wisdom of being able to meet people where they are rather than expect them to come to where you are?
4: The wisdom of meeting people, of where they are.
3: Uh Uh-huh. In other Uh, words, shifting your frequency to match mm -hmm. a person, different people that are friends.
4: Well, I I think, I hope I understand you, understanding where they're coming from, and then building up on that. If you understand more the root of who they are, then you could build up with that. Um, And certainly love. You know, a loving friend... And I have this in my book, and I think it's interesting, or I hope the listeners and you appreciate A loving friend creates more healing to our total being than a thousand pills. Love Beautiful. Is
3: you is know, peaceful. Carol, I'm sorry. Time oh. has flown, and we're out of it. But thank you so much for being on the show. Our guest this hour has been Carol Olivia Adams, the authors of numerous books, including The Awakening of Friendship. Her website, www.theawakeningoffriendship.com. This has been The Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you unite with all your relations.